Save Chicks. It's your girl, Day. I'm Denisa. This is Lauren. And I'm Ayana. And you're tuned into Saved Girl Secrets. Hey, guys. Hey. Listen, we got a secret. I got a secret and a story. Girl, secret story. It's like sip hot. Piping. Piping hot tea. I don't know if I wanted to say Or what? But anyways, y'all, there almost wasn't no cast for a second. <laughs> Shut up! That right. was a stretch. It was almost a Destiny Child situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, we can ship you your suitcase. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Right, because I was at least Beyonce and Taylor. <laughs> so I don't know who was Latoya. No, that was, uh, that was that was Farrah. Oh, Farrah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the original group. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But y'all, we, you know, we last week we blacked out, mm-hmm. and um, I think we're gonna stay black for a little while. But there's been some very intense conversations happening um, in every corner of what it seems like the world. But at our table in the studio, we were having a conversation just about church and um, just really the dynamics of racism from a Christian perspective. And one of the things that came up was this idea that you see black churches and then you see white churches. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare that you see like a white pastor with like. A, a fully black church or a black pastor with a fully white church. And the interesting thing is for some of the white pastors, they have very diverse um, congregations. So you may have a white pastor who has like a third of the congregation that may be black. I think of like elevation with Stephen Furtick or something mm-hmm. like that. But when you have a black church, it's like, you know, it's like a little, like a, a little sprinkle. sprinkle. Yeah. It's a sprinkle. It ain't a third. And so there was, we were having a, a powder sugar. Little powder sugar, <laughs> and so we were having a conversation, and you know, Ayana was very passionate and talking about very, <laughs> <laughs> and talking about black church, and just I don't even remember exactly what Ayana I don't know said, how it y'all. Got there. I really don't either. <laughs> it, it was, was a lot. At me. It, it was, was a, just like. I don't remember, but she was saying what she was saying. <laughs> and then Lauren was like, well, I think, you know, when you look at black church leadership, I mean, do they have white people? Oh, that's yeah, what it was. It was like, you have to look that's at what it was. Sides, yeah. I said that, um, I said how I didn't like how some white churches, when they market, like it was a white church, they were, um, it was around the Ahmad Arbery case. Oh. They proceeded to put all of their black attendees up on their social media. It was like a social media post, basically like, we're here with you blah 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 blah. and it was just I think the wording I did just rubbed me wrong it was very off-putting and I didn't like that and I was like you know I also was talked about how you know unfortunately a lot of these white churches their leadership there isn't any black leadership or there is a rare is it like you might have a media guy or you I don't know I don't know if any there's leadership leadership or even on the board of directors for the church is there any black people who are truly representing their um you know the congregation yeah right and so lauren was like i mean well what about you know the black churches do they have white White people on their board do they have white yeah so when i when Mm -hmm. ayana mentioned the the whole issue about the instagram story i told her i said you know i felt like that's why it is so important to have diversity even outside of your church because i said whereas you know, someone within that ministry might look at that post and feel like that post is perfectly fine. You being a part of another ministry, you're looking at the post and you're slightly offended. I said, but had there been a conversation or some type of, I guess, comfortability in talking about the fact that, hey, when these social issues come up, is it necessarily a time for you to post all your black members on your page? Um, Because I'm slightly offended by that I think people would then begin to have A better understanding So I was starting to Kind of look at things Or attempt to look at things From From, both sides From a different angle Yeah And so Ayana basically was like No Black (laughs) Black Black Blackity black 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 Basically I was saying You know I understand where Lauren was coming from But I was like I'm just tired of having The conversation where we I guess No scratch that She was tired of me I think, I think it was like, you know, Ayana was kind of like, why can't we talk about 
blackness without, without bringing without in, bringing in white. white yeah and because right. you know to my my i guess my part of the argument was like when it comes to let's say a black church with if there is any white leadership i was like a lot of these uh, just being honest a lot of white people won't go to a black church well there we have you know some white members however it won't it just doesn't seem like it'll be a lot because they don't know how to submit under a black person. I mean, but we can't say that they don't know how to submit under a black just person. Just being, let's be honest. Some of them, yeah, they don't, ain't trying to submit under a white, uh, black pastor. We don't know. But right. we're more open. We don't know if that's the reason. It could be that, you know. You better watch out, Sade. I mean, it could be. No, 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 I get where you're saying. It could be what they're used to. Right. You're, you're used even, to seeing the same faces, the same in the same place. Because now I am just making more sense. Because obviously, when you look at you know other roles in workplaces, in poli- politics, whatever, it's always a white male figure that, and everybody follows. You know what I mean? It's like that's what we assimilate. But when you look at the population to. too of people, there are more white people. I mean, that's obvious. But, but I was I, having that conversation with someone. I, I was saying maybe it's more so but they. they can't identify with the leader you know what i mean so almost like okay but why example. why can't you identify with the leader perfect example Uh-oh. teen church <laughs> perfect example so think about teen church right you have a teen church that's in more of a <laughs> we throw on away the word urban so i don't even know what word to use right now but a, a teen cultured a cultured church which is in like a cultured part of town where children generally have like a diverse or yeah yeah, where children literally have like maybe a rough upbringing um they're around you know they face a lot of adversity and that's the neighborhood that the church is in and so you have a teen pastor who represents that and so they preach from that perspective of being a, a teen who's facing adversity, who may not have a two-parent household, who's struggling with this, that, and the third. But the kids that are coming to the church are coming from Buckhead. And they live in million-dollar houses. And they mm-hmm. don't face the same adversity. Mm-hmm. And so they're coming to the church, and they're listening to this person speak mm-hmm. to someone but that's not their experience. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's very hard to sit under that leadership because it's like, I can't identify with where you're coming from with your message because that's not where I am. So I think maybe for some people, it's that. It's And I mean, even maybe for some you know, African-Americans that don't want to go to a predominantly white church because it's just like, we don't have shared experiences enough for me to glean from what you're saying because a lot of times with some pastors if they're not you know we we go to a very word-based church but some pastors speak from like real life experience Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff and it's kind of like i can't identify with your life so i can't really get what i need because i can't but using our church for example our church is very word-based i don't really see a reason why let's say a white person can't come to our church and receive the word the same way we do like it's not too often that our pastor will veer off into like this big old tangent about his childhood or whatever. I mean, but in all honesty, go there. I know where you're about to go. In all honesty, from my experience, there is a large portion of partners and members of our church who are not African-American. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think what we see on a Sunday, maybe African-American will be different. And I, understand and i agree with that and i i know that as well i think i was just more looking at us on a sunday what you're saying though in terms of the conversation you were having with lauren it is it is it was very much a black lives matter and somebody coming over here saying but what about all of the lives she thought i was saying all lives matter i am (laughs) you if if that's how you want to say it, it it was basically i just felt like in the conversation the conversations that we've had, if I say something about black people and it's like us, 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 it was like, well, we should look at the other side. And I'm like, I'm tired of looking at the other side. We've looked at the other side all our lives, all of our ancestors' lives. The other side is like, it's, it's constantly in media. It's a topic of conversation. Like it's time for us, us to have genuine conversations about us, what's going on with us and for them to understand us. <laughs> so I, I voiced this to them. I felt like when, whenever I was speaking, I was trying to look at the big picture. I was mm-hmm. trying to look at like, what's the end result? What do we want to see at the end? Like, 
and for me that that was unity. Like yeah. I would love to see an yeah. environment where I literally do see diversity. I literally do see inclusion. Um, and so I felt like for me, in order for us to get there, there has to be an understanding. Yes, there has to be an understanding about black people, but black people have to have an understanding about white people too. Mm-hmm. And not just white people, Asian people, whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like literally. I mean, to that point, I feel like black people more than any other race or ethnicity I don't know what the politically correct term is to use right now um but more than anybody we code switch as a as a skill like it should be on our resume exactly so I feel like but it shouldn't be that way it shouldn't be that way but I'm saying I'm saying that's why I was like we need to talk about us I'm saying that when you talk about us understanding them I agree there needs to be unity like diversity brings about a space where I understand you because I'm around you enough. A safe space. It becomes a safe space when there's diversity. But I think at this junction, it's almost like I have almost mastered the way that I know I'm supposed to code switch when I'm around certain cultures. But to be candid, and I'm not coming from like, you know, looking at all lives matter, but I'm just looking at the fact that to be candid, they code switch too. And not, I, not most of them. I, mm. I tell you, I, the reason I say this. Look at face. Listen what I'm saying. Listen what I'm saying. Because I, I, the reason I say this is because I've been in environments where I see my white counterparts and they are in, invested in a, a conversation and it's laughter and it's happy and, you know, and then Lauren comes around and then they're quiet. Code switch. That's not a code switch. I don't that think. ain't code switch. Code that, switch. That is, that is, I'm not letting you into this conversation. Code switching is knowing that when I go to Kroger in Buckhead, I'm going to wear my Harvard T-shirt because I need you to know that I'm educated and I'm going to speak very eloquently uh-huh. and I'm not going to be missing letters out of my uh-huh. words. That is a code switch. I'm going to operate in a certain manner. I'm not going to be loud. I'm not going to, you know. Right. It is mannerisms. Correct. I mean, I do it all. First of all, my name is Ayana Abaka. When I am on the phone with someone, I code switch like and it and it we've gotten so used to doing it. My maiden name is Ayana Antoine. It still sound black, you know, so all my life it's like, hello, my name is Ayana Abaka and I such and such, such and such, yeah. you know, because I want them. I don't want them to approach me in a certain way, especially now. Abaka, that is a Ghanaian last name. They can see that. Right. You know, so it's like we do it naturally. I feel like we've been program to do it unfortunately but to lauren's point you brought up a really good point that for for people of another race outside of diversity like when you don't have that they sometimes do not know how to interact with an african-american they don't know what is right to say or what is wrong to say i think it's the reason why right now you know we were having a conversation about how you know a lot of you know maybe our caucasian friends are trying to generate certain conversations and it's kind of like they don't know they just don't know but okay going back to what lauren's saying about when she walks into a room they get quiet right i don't understand that because i am just like the other people that you were just having a conversation with. So I don't understand, like, in regular life, why we are excluded out of certain conversations or it might change or whatever. I think it goes it's, back to what Lauren says. They yeah, don't know. They don't know. It's like the uncomfortability of... So you can't just talk to me? I can't be They don't think that they can just the talk to you. It's You're right. They can just talk to you, but they don't think that they can. It's almost like... That. We could just talk to them, though. Walking on eggshells. It's walking. It's literally walking on eggshells. It's almost like I have $100 in my pocket, but I don't know I have $100 in my pocket, but I go into the store and I want to purchase something that's $100. But because I don't know that I have $100 in my pocket, I walk out the store. But in the end of the day, I mean, I I compare that with the whole relationship with anybody, like Mm -hmm. whites, blacks, Asians, it don't matter. I feel like if you don't feel like what Denise said, if you don't feel like you're in a safe space Mm -hmm. to talk to someone and literally be honest, that was the whole purpose of like how this whole story in the beginning, we felt like we were in a safe space where you voiced to me how you felt. I voiced to you how I felt. We came to some type of solid conclusion, but I felt like had I felt uncomfortable with you or I felt like you wouldn't hear me out, I wouldn't have ever had that Mm -hmm. conversation with you. And so I feel like that's the issue. The issue is, is that there is no comfortable space for blacks nor whites to literally sit down and have the conversation like, hey, 
This is how I feel. Why not? Who's avoiding it? I mean, I, I think, think we all it's are. Up, it's up to all of us to create those safe spaces with those conversations. And it starts with the people I of just, the opposite race that you know. I just think it's just, I don't know, because I feel like in relationship, like I look at everything relationship wise, and I'm not talking about husband and wife, I'm just talking about relationships. Like if, if you can be a coworker or whatever, like if I am developing a relationship with you with, uh, with whichever level we're on, I feel like conversations just naturally happen. I think that the race conversation is avoided. Like it just is. being I honest. agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Because we agree. We have <laughs> we like like because we can naturally, the four of us naturally have conversation. We we have literally, since we've known each other in different spaces or whatever, we've literally talked about I feel like every single thing. Listen. You know I, I think that's the difference though. No, and I guess I'm comparing it to like let's say my relationship with my white friend. We've had uncomfortable and I don't even want, I hate labeling it uncomfortable conversations. I feel like we've just had conversations. We've had conversations about race. She's expressed to me how she's felt about race. Um, she's exp- like, she's, she's seen the other side of it living in across the country and, and all those different, like, I feel like the conversations are avoided. So I guess I'm at the place in 2020 where it's like, oh, everybody's having conversations and let's open this up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm calling BS. I'm calling BS because I'm like, all this time you were, you, you, these companies. That's bogus spirit. (laughs) (laughs) All this time, all these companies and people and all of that, you had the opportunity to have these conversations. If you truly care about your coworkers, if you truly care about the people that are under you, you like would create these spaces. You, we create, first of all, we create spaces about everything else. We talk about LGBTQ, all of that. It all of those conversations constantly happen within the workplace or whatnot. But when it comes to Black America or bl- just Black period, those conversations are slightly avoided. I won't even say slightly; they're avoided. Because yeah. if we if we're talking about religion, um, we're bringing up um, making sure that other religions are being. Um, accepted and included and we're talking about other um people being accepted and included their sexuality all of that why do we not talk about race i can tell you why because this country was built on the division of it and that uh, they're avoiding it and so i think in order to have those conversations it requires having some sort of admittance or revelation exactly that there is a, a seismic shift that has to take place. Basically, I think, I think that you stole this country oh, oh and <laughs> you brought people over. You stole people and you so, brought them over uh-oh. to build this country. That's what it is. It, it's an admittance. I, I mean, but and 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 I think the thing about it is, I'm sorry, Lauren. I'm sorry. It's okay. I think the thing is, people now are kind of like, that wasn't me. It was my ancestors. No, and I'm not saying I'm it not saying me. it wasn't because I'm talking about the government. The question I have is if that never happens, because I get it. I get it as systematic and I get that laws and policies and all that needs to change, but the reality is that takes time. Yes. Exactly. So until we get to that time, we have to be real with ourselves and say, you know what? Like Lauren, when you were speaking, as a black woman, I have to admit I don't have that many white friends, real friends. I, I may have one. Oh, I, I will say that a I've, a person who knows your secret. No, right. Let me hold on real quick. I don't have that many white friends. Yeah. Right. I have one. And, you know, we're cool. We've had a race conversation, but they're not somebody that I probably would have to Ayana's point, a conversation about anything and everything. And I think that until we get to a space where it's, you know, we could talk about race. Cool. But until you create that safe space where you, you're talking about your children, you're talking about all these other things with someone who is not immediately connected with you, someone that you don't benefit from, someone that, you know, because we have to look at people, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, oh, you know, have the conversations, have the conversations, and you keep it so surface. 
I feel like if America had the constant conversations besides February, then it wouldn't we be don't so really uncomfortable. Converse in February, though, to be honest, we don't. It's very okay. We know who did who who with the peanut. We know about <laughs> <laughs> we we know surface stuff. We know Madam C J. Walker. Everything we know is so everything. So th- that's why I'm like the conversations are avoided. You keep it at February, then you give us all this marketing, Black History, all that type of stuff. What happened to three hundred? 65 days of the year of conversation if we have the honest conversation in our schools and all of that it would not be uncomfortable for adults to have mature conversations about race but that school system a whole nother conversation i will i okay i feel like (laughs) i'm like now i feel like i'm walking on (laughs) that show you don't have to no 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 i i feel like it honestly has to start with us as far as the topics of um the importance of black history in America. We've been be- talking about mm-hmm. it. We haven't. You. I, you have been talking about it, but I'm going to be honest. When I ask most of my friends that go to college, did you take an African-American studies class? Most of them say no. That's and it's there. It's there for it you to take. There. I mean, I didn't go to a traditional college. I went to a technical school, but I made sure that I know, I, I know certain right. things. But that's you. What that you did. Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying. A lot of us. A lot of us <laughs> do not. Like, I'm just going to be honest when you when you're registering for your classes and you're in college, you have the opportunity. You can you can choose whatever elective course you want to choose. I mean, it's a lot of registering stuff that we don't do, like voting. Exactly. So (laughs) that's a different conversation. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I feel like there's a lot more that we and I'm not coming from all lives matter, but I just feel like there is a lot. (laughs) I'm just being honest. I want to say there is a lot more that we can do as a people. We have been ignoring our importance for so long and that that's why you see what's happening right now maybe the chant is as much as it's to show the rest of the world that we matter i think it's also a reinforcement for us that we matter we matter and that's i guess that's also my argument when we were talking earlier about i want to talk about us i don't i don't really it's not that i don't care about their opinions and their feelings but i don't want to include it in these conversations because it's important that we break down the certain things concerning us and educating ourselves on certain things like They'll 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 come back in the conversation eventually, but I'm talking about what do you know? What do like what what don't you know? Like let's and I, and I think the reason why that is important is because it's a systematic problem. Mm-hmm. So in order to change systems, you have to know what the system is. You have to know what the legalities are mm-hmm. on police and brutality. You have to know what the legalities are on redlining and banks giving loans to African Americans to purchase homes in areas where you can generate wealth for generations after you because your house will be worth something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's systematic. So it's kind of like if you are not educating yourself on the issues, you can't come to the table knowledgeable enough to have an, an advised conversation with somebody else mm-hmm. of the opposite race or culture to say, hey, let me show you where the issues lie and let's work together to repair the breach, mm-hmm. to fix what has been broken by the systems in our country. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, what you said, Ayanna, and, you know, Lauren, is super important that it takes educating ourselves right. so that we can then in turn educate other people. Or you're coming to the table with something. With answers and, and solutions. I mean, that's that's my thing. My thing is, is like, I don't ever want to be the person that if I'm ever called to the table, I have nothing to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you want to make sure that once you are called to the table, you have something at the table that you can offer to the people. Yeah. I mean, we're asking for a seat at the table, but what are you bringing? That's Just what I'm saying. Honest, I'm at the place. I'm not asking. I don't care about a seat at the <laughs> but table. I don't, I don't think a seat at the table is saying I want to sit amongst a certain group of people. Right. I think a seat oh, at no, the table yeah, is saying I want to come and have a conversation with the people who have led this country for the past X amount of years about these systems. And I think right now the protesting and the rioting and the posting and the everything that's going on right now is. A, a, a yelling out of a we need to have a conversation and I think I think it's I, I hear what you're saying Ayana but I think right now we are pushing the fact that there is an issue there is an issue because I think for so many people in this country they've I don't know if it's just 
they haven't been cognizant or they didn't want to pay attention. It, 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 what I was going to say was they don't want to pay attention. They don't want to have it's, it's certain it's certain people in government is it. They don't want things to change. Like we just have to be honest. Like we can have conversations with certain people, but there are certain people who are in leadership who do not care, who do not want things to change. They want it to stay the same way. So that's why I'm like, I don't care about a seat at the table at this point because the, the the rioting, the protests, the letting making sure our voices have been are being heard has been happening for years. This is this is not a new conversation. This is the same conversation, but I do feel like it is elevated and in, in, in 2020. So I'm like they have ignored us for so long. So I'm like, I'm kind of at the place of, okay, if you're going to continue not speaking to us or not listening and not hearing, let's create our own spaces. Let's create. We got, I, mean, I don't know that they've ignored us either. Cause I feel like everything that y'all are saying, if we be real, everything that, you know, the redlining, all that, that was done in the sixties and seventies where there was change. I think there was a taking the foot off the gas and it's, we have a piece now of this table you, and we are, you know, exactly we settled right. because truthfully, when you think about I'm, it, there's some accountability that we hold definitely because nobody was like, okay, you know what? We finally got it where we can purchase land and we finally got it where yeah. we can own this house. But you know what? Check it. This not right. The redlining situation wasn't addressed to 10 or 15 years later. I agree because I had a conversation with someone who is in their, I want to say sixties, this earlier this week and they said that they straight up said they said honestly the leaders that came after mlk mm-hmm. they did not step up to the plate that's where you that's where you see the dynamic change yeah. if you really look at it and yeah. you look at it for real after all that happened the movement everything was so dope it was like okay we good now the economy mm-hmm. was booming if you look at the 90s yeah. the late 80s you know everybody oh we good now we you can't settle at we good now mm-hmm. so you can kick and you can scream and you can holler and you can say we didn't we didn't we didn't but we did we just didn't continue that's why mm-hmm. i mean i get it we protesting i'm trying to see what this look like in the next two months thank you i'm trying to see what mm-hmm. i can contribute to I where after i holler and i scream and i go vote because i'm gonna do it all mm-hmm. you know what can how can i impact my community so this isn't just a conversation and i'm having a temper tantrum for two months and there's really no change happening yeah. you know what, because that i mean i get it but at this point i'm like okay what else are we gonna do i think that's why i felt for me it was so important to understand the big picture to see beyond the george floyd to see beyond mm-hmm. the ahmaud arbery because i feel like that is the adrenaline that keeps you going mm-hmm. to keep you saying okay this is a constant fight this is something that you know this is something that extends beyond just these past couple of weeks it's like what am i really fighting for yeah. right what do i really want to see you know and so for me, that my answer was unity. So I'm like, okay, that was one of my answers. It's a bunch of stuff. No, and I'm, see, but I'm, I'm just saying. I, and like I, like I said earlier, I feel like we're, we're saying the same things, but we're saying it different, different. ways. Yeah. Like I, I agree with unity. I definitely agree with that. I'm just saying that there are certain conversations that just need to be had within the black community without involving everyone else in their thoughts and opinions and, and I I, agree ideas. Until we come together and say, this is what we need. What? Why do we need to involve other people? We haven't taken a look at ourselves and mm-hmm. say, you know, it's just like when you get married, right? When you get married and everybody says two halves don't make a whole, you literally come whole and that other person comes whole and together you have an idea of what your family mm-hmm. should look like. You have an idea of what your marriage is and the foundation, how you're going to raise your kids, what's important to you, what that structure looks like. As a black person, if I really don't know what I need and what I'm re- mm-hmm. what my standards are, the bare minimum that I really need to look at, because when I look at what I've settled for, that's not my minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we need to collectively come together and say, okay, you know, these are our standards. This is what this looks like for the next generation. How do we get there? Okay, so when we have the con- conversation collectively with white people, with mm-hmm. whatever, it, it we actually are making a change and moving forward. Because mm-hmm. you're kicking and screaming all day long and you're saying, I need this. And 50 other people saying, I need, what the? Yeah, and I, I do know. I can you, you know, serve all that? Yeah, I, on purpose, I did look up some of the different organizations who are fighting. And, you know, there are certain, like, things that they're focused on. But I feel like we're just all over the place. I agree. Because one organization is saying these are our three bullet points. But I'm not mad mad that we're all over the place right now. I think that. No, no, hold on. Let me let me. Yeah, let me finish. (laughs) Let me finish. When I say all over the place, because this organization will say we have these three bullet points and then these people like, okay, I will use Blackout Tuesday, for example. It was 
first of all, it started in the music industry and they were talking about Blackout Tuesday with the entertainment industry and the execs, especially white execs and companies coming together and taking that day. Don't focus on anything else. Focus on the issues at hand. Educate yourself and whatnot. It expanded beyond that. And there it was it got it got muddy Mm -hmm. because some people were saying, okay, as black people, we're blacking out. We're not saying anything on on Tuesday. No, no, no. That one for us. That one for us. We still share our voices. We still share what's going on. We still share who we are as people, what we do as people. We still um, invest in our dollars into black companies. We still do things. We're talking about our white counterparts taking that day specifically to work with us to get educated on certain things. It it got muddy. Then there were certain black organizations or even influencers and like, see, I saw one influencer in particular that was like, oh, that that too. (laughs) I lost money, blah, blah, blah. We looking messy. Then another one was like, see, that's why we can't. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's why we can't. We can't get anything together because we such a like it was so many black people that started speaking against it. And I'm like, y'all. We arguing in front of companies. I was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like part of that is still on us because I feel like it's up to us to blast that in the media. That platform did not have to share that. That was her testimony to Blackout Tuesday. They chose to do that, mm-hmm. which then brought more attention to her. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who this lady was. I didn't even follow this lady. But after they posted that on that media platform, I'm now going to her page. I'm now listening to the video. Mm-hmm. But I think it's up to us to, to, like I said earlier, we have to stay true to the course. We have have to stay mm-hmm. true to the fact that what is the goal right. if there is somebody out there talking whatever they want to talk i'll let you do whatever you need to do to the side but in the end of the day i am still focusing on the goal mm-hmm. and so yeah. i think if that had been part of the motivation even for some of those messy platforms if they would have been honest with the fact that okay we're still going to black out too because when i looked at their with their platform i don't think i saw blackout number one Mm-mm. and then number two they were just still sharing a bunch of crap that was still distracting from the whole point mm-hmm. of uh, what black out blackout yeah. tuesday is so that's when i i think for me it's organization yeah it's like yeah, how do we exactly. how do we begin to organize this in such a way where it is impactful yeah. and we're not distracted by the messiness so that we <laughs> we don't you, look messy you want to know what's crazy i think about like the 50s and 60s where like they was meeting up I don't, they ain't had no cell phones. Right. Well, no social media. So it was very easy for the message to be the message. Mm-hmm. It was very easy to say, we want the right to, you know, have civil rights and we want this and we want that. And it's like, one, two, three. Like, this is what we want. Yeah. And you disperse it throughout everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, handwritten, typed up hand delivered type of stuff and now i think the issue is that there are so many people with so many platforms Mm -hmm. that it's hard to corral everybody and say this is this is as a collective what we want so it's almost like you're getting a bunch of spurts of stuff but the one thing i can appreciate is that the overarching theme right now and i think that it's important for right now is that america we have a problem yeah and I think that that's what we got another know. problem. <laughs> that's what. That, go ahead, Shawty. But one more problem. Right, we got one more problem. One more problem. <laughs> but I think up until this point, and I don't know if it's because they were saying, you know, we've had protests in all fifty states at this point. Um, speaking super candidly, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Being from DC, growing up in a predominantly black, affluent black community. I did not experience as much discrimination and racism as I've experienced in Georgia. And so I think... I I, I can agree with living up north as well. Yeah. yeah. And so I I think that when I see what's going on up north right now, it's it's because things are being pushed so much to the forefront Mm -hmm. that you can't ignore it. Mm -hmm. And I think that even as an African-American who may live in a certain part of the world or the country where you're surrounded by black people so you you don't really experience the overt racism even though you experience like the small little minute being pulled over by the police if you're in a nice car type of vibes you're not experiencing people that you know killed 
mm. by police. Mm-hmm. And so you, in your mind, and it's weird because it's it's an interesting black experience where you feel like if I'm only experiencing a little bit of racism, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm realizing that even that it's right. not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> as a black person, you're like. You know, like, I've never been, you know, I've never had a gun pulled on me before. We brushed off a lot. We brushed off a lot. And I think that... You learned to live with a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we learned to live with a lot. And I'm I'm realizing that for some African Americans growing up in a bubble, you may not understand why it takes all of this. But we are telling the world that this is a problem. Yeah. And you can't ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think so. that's just repeating the times when you think about African American history and you're thinking about who abolished slavery first, it was the northern states yeah. that yeah. were the first to do that. Yeah. And the southern states were very lagged on, you know, abolishing slavery. And so it's I... Civil I, war, they fought. I mean... Absolutely. You know. <laughs> so I, right. I look at the fact that... And I mean, I've encountered it quite often where I meet. I'm from... I guess I'm technically from the south, whatever, but I'm from yeah. Florida. Oh, oh, that's oh, a whole nother you, south. You, that's another south. That's yeah. a whole... We a whole nother breed yeah. of people. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but I have witnessed, you know, individuals who are from I, I would consider southern states are very yes, ma'am, mm-hmm. no, ma'am, yes, sir, definitely me, no, sir. Absolutely. You know, I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. Right. Whereas I have met a bunch of northerners like, what you said, yo, right. what you said, <laughs> you know. So um, I mean, you're just starting to see. For me, it's like I just see the repetition of the times mm-hmm. where you're having. I guess the northern states are forcing, kind of forcing us to kind of react or we're looking at it they're kind of like precedents in a way mm-hmm. we're looking at what they're doing we're like oh shoot they got they by with that down. yeah we're like yeah. They, they got by with oh okay we could do that too you know <laughs> so <laughs> but I feel like and I told I mean I've shared this with like family members I was just like you know what what is prohibiting you from speaking out on something that doesn't feel right to you yeah. if it does not feel right to you speak out on what are you scared of losing a job is, yeah I'm like okay so aren't you Christian Okay, so if you say that you're Christian, God Come got you somebody. that job, so mm-hmm. I'm Bye. sure he'll get you another one. Yep. And I was like, and maybe your position in that job is to speak out on something that nobody else has ever spoken out of huh? against. And then I, I'm going to use what Lauren says. I'm going to call my lawyer. You're firing <laughs> me. Because I'm speaking out. Oh, we got an issue now. We have a whole civil issue now. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And so I feel like it's, and I, I'm just going to say it, I feel like it's putting people in their place. We all have a place, and I, and I know that can come across kind of rude, but it is what it is. If you're speaking to me, there's a certain place that you have to be in order to speak to me, and you have to come, what we say, come correct. Right. <laughs> so my thing is, if you do that, and, and I've had to learn this the hard way. I was very much so, and I'm going to be candid, when I was in college and I went to my first really PWI and I literally felt like a polka dot in the midst of a whole bunch of people. I was very, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah. And that got me nowhere. And I was, in the end of the day, I was frustrated. I was mad. I was stressed. You know, and I'm like, I'm not going to live my life. Can I say something Go to ahead. that? That's why I think with you, because I you've told us that story before. So that's why when you bring up certain things, I'm like, no, Lauren, I don't care. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's focus on us. But I've learned. I've learned you to. I is militant. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I feel like I've learned in that process, too, that everybody isn't a bad apple. That that's 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 why when I say what I say because I know that even I'm tired when, of that statement but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it be what you said it what the be. bad apple yeah uh, <laughs> why are you tired of it Go I ahead. am I'm tired of it too Go ahead. I feel like the the good apples don't speak out on the bad apples so to me you and I also, right, and I also feel like the the good apples get spoiled by the bad apples that's beside basically them. so you there's, get spoiled there's that because you don't use your voice so you I, might I, be a I think apple. that could be specific because I I will say in this particular situation. I've had a bunch of, uh, when y'all were saying y'all had white friends, I'm like, I realized who was my white friends during this whole process. Me I'm going to be honest. I've realized who was my white friends. Some friends that I thought I had, I really don't have. Yeah. Um, and so I will say, the reason I say there isn't any, there are some people that aren't bad apples is because I've literally sat down, you know, within this past couple of weeks and literally kind of conjured up a plan as to, okay, you're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Now we're all, we're both like responsible for certain things in accomplishing the goal. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate them even giving me the opportunity or vice versa. You know, I'm giving them the opportunity for us to come up with a common goal. I know when it came time 
for, you know, the abolition of slavery or discrimination. It didn't just take black people. It took right. blacks and whites. Yes. And so that's one thing that I want. Railroad was right. And, and white. So that's what I'm saying. It can't just be all of us right. and nothing. We have to incorporate them in some way. And I get what you're saying, but we have to focus on us first. Yeah. I get right. it. You have to start at home. Mm-hmm. I get that picture. But I feel like ultimately at some point we will have to sit down and we will have to have that conversation and we have to know what we're talking about when we come to them and we have to come up with a plan. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't just be, I need you to show up and I need you to say something. I'm going to be like, what am I going to say? I don't even know what to say. You know? And so, but I think it takes us knowing what we need them to say and how we want things to change and what's the picture, what's the big picture in the end of the day that we want to see. Yeah. So, what were you going to say, Denisa? I don't even know. <laughs> We've said yeah. a lot. I, I felt like I had something else to say, but I can't remember now. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. I was going to say, what, Lauren? No, I didn't say anything. Oh, I was going to say, to your point, in terms of everybody coming to the table and knowing something, I think that that is so true. I do think that it's going to take unity, and it brings up the point that when we talk about being Christians when we talk about coming from the perspective of right is right and wrong is wrong and standing up and speaking for those who can't speak for themselves or speaking on behalf of what is righteous and what is of God. And I think that when God looks at us, he doesn't see black and white. He sees people who are his children and people who are not his children. And there's a certain type of um, character that he is expecting out of the people who are his children. And there's a certain level of still love for people who aren't his children, hoping that they will accept him and move over to that other side. And it speaks to that space of this is definitely a a physical, a political, a systematic battle, but it's also a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. Because when you talk about being able to change hearts, the word of God talks about, you know, that, you know, God holds the heart that in prayer that you are given the power and the ability to be able to pray for a changing of the hearts and the minds and a renewing of the spirit within people. And so I think that during this time, I've realized it's important to come at it from both ways. It's important for me to be informed. It's Mm -hmm. important for me to inform those who are open to being informed that are of other ethnicities and races, et cetera. And it's also important for me to be praying about what it is for me specifically to do in this season to move these things forward. I literally um, had a discussion with my husband about that yesterday. Um, Somebody I follow on social media, they were saying, okay, what's your focus? Like what, where do you plan on focusing when it comes? Cause this fight is so broad. It is is so broad. And I realized that for me personally, my, I am extremely passionate, especially about women and well, black women and their health. And that I felt like, okay, that's where my voice and my fight can be when it comes to certain things. And I know we're going to talk about that whole discussion. It's in a, that's another whole podcast. So it's like, what is, what is your focus? Cause I feel like if we all as a black community come together and really look at our focus and because right, like right now, like I said, it's just like, we're a little, we're a little all over the place. What's your focus? How are you helping to accelerate? Um, and also another thing that I saw, um, I actually got an email and I saw it online from a black publicist that I follow. And they were saying my business is my activism because, um, you know, some people were <laughs> some people were saying with like some black businesses like, OK, now is not the time for you to be talking about your business, blah, blah, blah. But. I can disagree because I feel like we still have to let these black dollars circulate, you know, because if we're letting these black dollars circulate, these same black dollars can help support the different organizations and the different people that are going about certain ways for change. So it's like we I just I think my my challenge um, for everyone is what's your focus like where um personally not like let's not look at everybody and what they doing personally what's your focus like where do you want to hashtag yeah (laughs) like where do you want to play like what role do you want to play in this fight 
um, because it was like another post. I think I think Charday shared it. I shared it or whatever. And they were talking about how there are people on the front line. There, there are nurses. There are people who are fighting. There are people who are in the office. There are people who are uh, printing out flyers. There are people who are sharing. There are people who are feeding people. There are people who are getting watered. Like everybody has a role. So it's like I, everybody that's listening, like I want you to take this time, especially this week, to find a focus. How do you want to help with this fight? Maybe your, your way is there are certain people who are marching, um, who are protesting. There are certain people who are like, you know what? I'm going to use um, my voice by voting. I'm going to exercise my right to vote. There are certain people who are like, you know, I, I have a friend who she, um, she said that Holy Spirit told her to specifically educate her white coworkers. And so she has been, she like, her whole social media page has been taken over about sharing things with your non-black coworkers. And she's had those honest conversations with her coworkers, with her exec uh, boards. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, wow, we, we didn't know or we didn't think about it or whatever. So, like, what part does everyone have to play in this fight? I don't know why I thought about the whole story of <clears throat> Moses when the Lord visited him at the bush, mm-hmm. the, the burning bush. Mm-hmm. And Moses had so many reasons as to why he could not go to Pharaoh. He was like, you know, but I stutter, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I do this, like I do that. And then the Lord was like, wasn't I with you? It's so-and-so. Wasn't right. I? And so I, I, I think that came into my spirit because a lot of times I feel like we are scared sometimes to kind of step out Mm -hmm. and do the very thing that the Lord has placed on our heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I've, I've, I've shared with Denisa, but I've definitely had stories like that too. But um, I feel like just remind yourself, like, wasn't the Lord with you when he gave you first of all, when he gave you the word to do Mm -hmm. it, you know, and he will literally make a way for it to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and it won't be anything against you. And and just try not to focus so hard on the task. Just focus on the fact that, first of all, thank God for even putting that on your heart, you know, that he entrusted you to do it. And then just don't be afraid to do it. Like step out on faith. Um, and what did, I can't remember what I said. I said pray and press send or something like that. That was, yes. I sent something to Denisa and I was just like, pray and then press the send yeah. button. She was like, <laughs> I prayed and then I press send. Yeah, <laughs> pray and then I press send. I was writing an email, but I was like, pray and press send. Um, so same thing, like, you know, pray about it and then just do whatever it is that God has called for you to do. Mm-hmm. I want to so. say one thing. I just want to, you know, Everybody to kind of be conscious that, of course, we're coming from a Christian perspective because it is Safe Girl Secrets where you're all Christian women. However, when you're having these conversations with these people, not only may they not look like you, they may not believe the same things that you believe. Mm -hmm. So it's so important that we don't come from a space of condemnation and, Mm -hmm. you know, like I am right and you are wrong and this is why or how can you not understand this? Because sometimes people simply do not understand. You know, when you think about it, minorities are only, what, 10 to 15 percent of our entire nation so it's it's kind of irrational to believe or to think that although it is 2020 some people may still live under a rock some mm. people may still live in communities where the whole town and you know everybody that you know serves in a role that has a position you know is is white you know mm-hmm. that's that's something that is realistic so just um, make sure that you are speaking from a space that God is leading you from because not only is it opening doors to change laws and regulations, it's also an opportunity to bring others to Christ. It's also an opportunity to show people what Christ literally looks like. Like doing before uh, we even started taping, Sharda, you know, shared something about, you know, someone coming to Christ in a car. Like you have no idea what that moment is going to look like. And even if they don't come to Christ, that is literally a seed planted. Mm -hmm. You know, so we can't be out here just having conversations because somebody posted and told you to have a conversation. If you are not led, just be quiet. Like I even share, yeah, I even share like something too. When when there's a public figure that I really care about and he took a stance and stood with, 
you know, the NFL and everybody was giving him so much grief about it. Like I had to learn to like shut up because although I don't I know see, who you're talking about, girl, that's my, you know, that's my, that's my friend. When I think about it, to Lauren's <laughs> point, when I think about a puzzle and it has a thousand pieces, you know what? That puzzle is not complete. If I have three of those pieces mm-hmm. and I'm not doing my part to put it on a table, I don't care if you have 997 pieces. That boy boy ain't complete until I add my three, right. you know? So it's just so important to look at it from a different perspective. Don't be in a rush. Be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, it's just an opportunity for the church to expand and to grow and really show what it is to be a Christian. That's all yeah. I got. This is good. Ooh, I just want y'all to know if y'all listening, this is real, okay? Yeah, really is. I feel like I feel like this is like the one of the realest conversations <laughs> we have ever had. Ooh. Listen. On the mic and it off the mic. mic. <laughs> like, really. If y'all had only been in the room, I wish y'all could have been in the room to see how Ayana was talking to me. <laughs> I was hot and sweating, was, y'all. They were, they were both coming oh, out. Man, I was, y'all both on your own. I was both. cool, calm, and collected. You are no. lying. You were, you were, you, you know. are lying. That's why you Ayana went straight. Ayana went straight ATL. <laughs> She had she had me scared. Oh, see, see, I, I was shaking. Don't be caring right now. Don't be caring. Don't be caring. Don't be caring. Oh no, she didn't. I can never I'll leave that alone. I can now. I be Kiki. I ain't gonna be caring. All right, y'all. Like, like Charde said, I feel like we're gonna be black for a minute because there's so many. So many conversations. Right. Like, even in this conversation, it was so many ways that it could have went. That's why yeah. I was over here crying. But, like, oh, my mind is going here. But I don't on, on purpose, the, the I was like, I'm... Stop. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna focus. Yeah, that's why I was like, we gotta we gotta have like me and Lauren saying we saying the same thing. We gotta have a plan. Don't be yes. messy. So we're gonna write out, all right, these are the different things that we're gonna focus on in the next couple of weeks when it comes to our black community and right. our voices. This Child, is what we're attacking. Ayana wasn't playing today. I just looked at her outfit. She got on black, all black. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ayana wasn't playing no games today. Okay. Like gray, yeah. Girl, no, nah, that's black. Gray, black. She like this acid wash, black, this acid black, wash. black, black. Okay. Are we giving them a scripture today, guys? I think we should. Of course. All right. Did we have a scripture? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, let's do the woman currently winning first. Yeah. Uh, oh, the woman currently winning. I will, um, because I want to read what the person said. Okay, so Beth Moore. Um, she is what is she like? She's like a pastor, minister. I don't know like full details on I her. I think she is a pastor. Okay. I know she's an author as well. Yeah, so Beth Moore. Um, she said, she said, I do not say this lightly or hastily, but with fear and trembling after much and after much deliberation. I think we are experiencing a divine reckoning in America. I don't think the reckoning is over our having simply sinned. I think it's over the fact that we have used God and the Bible to do it. We can stall, but we will not win in our opposition to God. He told us he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Our opposition right now is far bigger than powerful people. It's far bigger than hell itself. I believe we're fighting against God. This will not go well. There are three things we must do, and it is imperative that the church leads out. We must humble ourselves. One, we must humble ourselves. Our pride will absolutely be our downfall. Two, we must repent of our many um, grievous sins. And three, to the full extent of our power to do so, we must take action to right our wrongs. So, um, Charday kind of, she talked about it, but I know especially for me as well, this is a spiritual battle. Um, As much as people, there's some people who are like, I don't want to hear that right now. That's all we say in the church. That's da-da-da-da. What is our plan? What is our actions? It's it's a spiritual battle. Like, it, you know, no tea, no shade to nobody, but it is a spiritual battle. Um, Our pastor said earlier this week, he was like, there are... You know, we want certain things to change, but you have to get to the man's heart first. 
You have to get to people's hearts first. So as a church, we cannot forget our foundation. We cannot forget that, hey, the only way that some people can change and the change that we really want to see is a spiritual change. Because a lot of things that are going on, you can literally, I've seen videos this week, y'all, where I can see that some of these people were demon possessed. Mm. Like there was a man who Atta- tried to attack people with a chainsaw. chainsaw. That was crazy. What? Yeah. Sir, that? that? That was crazy. Like sir. Texas or somewhere, but I saw it. Yeah, that sir. What, what? what in your talking, right mind? What in your right mind? That that ain't no right mind. That's a demonic spirit. Let's just call it what it is. There are protesters. It was a peaceful protest. He comes out of nowhere with a chainsaw. chainsaw. Go home. Get out of here. Go home. They're brainwashing you. Go home. Sir, or a 18 wheeler decides that he wants to Just try to plow through, through yeah. the protesters. Thousands Thank God that they ran out of the way and no one was seriously injured. But then he was like, oh, he tried to say, well, I was frustrated because they were in the highway. Uh, sir, that is not. <laughs> so you're going to use an 18 wheeler almost killing someone like this is spiritual. This is spiritual. It's both, but yeah, spirit yeah. is a large part. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm not negating the other side. I'm saying in this particular thing, and what Beth Moore was saying, like there are certain things that spiritually, some people got to come correct. So, our woman currently winning for this week is Miss Beth Moore. Um, you know, we just appreciate just that breakdown, and just I pray that people hear it, receive it. And just even just look within ourselves spiritually, like, where are we? You know, um, I know we were joking throughout the whole podcast, like, Ayanna, black and proud, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But I never wanted to seem like I don't love everybody because I do. I have no issues with anybody, no race, none of that. My argument in this fight is just that there has been so many things that have been done to black people and so many issues and conversations have been avoided for years and it's time for us to really get it together. You know, I'm passionate about the certain things that I say because I have a young child and she's going to grow up one day and I don't want her to face the certain things that I have faced within my own community and outside of my community. Um, you know, so that's, that's, that's where I am. Amen. She gave us a whole word, y'all. <laughs> Come to the altar. Did anyone have a scripture already? You have one? No. I mean, not unless y'all have one. I have one, but I kind of—I'm kind of there too with mine, with my scripture. Yeah, I'll read it though. I—I I, I want to read mine. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> we can have okay. several. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what I was about. Say before y'all were looking for a scripture, I was about to say, hey, I just say y'all just need to read y'all Bible. <laughs> like, I want a queen to tell you that. No, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Listen, um, Proverbs twenty nine and eighteen. This is a New Living Translation. It says, "When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild." And I say that, or I guess that's a scripture that comes up for me mm-hmm. because it's kind of like during this time, I just want people to pray about what their role is, what their Mm -hmm. position is for this time Mm -hmm. and just not be running wild. And Mm -hmm. running wild, I mean, just kind of going with the flow versus being specific Mm -hmm. in your task for this season. Mm -hmm. And I think when the word of God, and I don't know where the scripture is, but this is a good scripture, um, talks about the earth is waiting for Mm -hmm. the children of God to reveal themselves, Mm -hmm. that this is that time, Mm -hmm. that the people who are children of God, you have been prepared, you have been primed, you are ready to go, and it's time to step up to the plate and use whatever it is that God has gift and grace you to do um, to move forward the kingdom agenda of unity and mm-hmm. ensuring that people have equal rights and access. I think my scripture actually touches on what you just said. Um, so it's Ephesians 6, 10. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Um, message. It says, so I'm going to be reading. I said 10 through 18. y'all. So it says, um, and that about wraps it up. 
God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials and put them to use. So you will be able to stand up against everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps a life or death fight to the finish Mm. against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, put the shouting. I'm sorry, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's the scripture right there. Yeah. (laughs) Ephesians 6. Period. 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 Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think what I want to close with is that this is not. <laughs> this is not a blacks against whites battle. Right. It's right and wrong. It's a right not, and wrong issue. It's a right and wrong issue. And there are people of both races on both sides. But you know what's crazy? I saw um actually uh I think it was T D Jakes said that in he a did. tweet. Mm-hmm. And so many people got so mad, mad at him. I'm like, y'all, that that's really what it is. Cause all white people don't have the same feelings. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's and it and I mean you see that in the protests, and I mean the thing about it is if we if we just strictly talking the numbers game, there are not enough of one of the African American race to change systems and laws by themselves. Mm-mm. You know there has we need to be, allies. We need allies, but more than that, it's like I say, it's there are people who are on the side of God, and it goes back to what Beth said, where it's like. What the word of God was used for to do to a certain segment of people for 400 years mm-hmm. gave birth to the issues we have right now. Yep. And at some point, we have to address that in order to move forward because the system was birthed out of that. Mm-hmm. And that system has only not been in place completely for about 66 years, right? My mama's. When you say address, you mean like an apology? At this junction, and this is me, everybody has their own opinion. I ain't looking for no apology. I don't need you to apologize. A change in the system, right. I, I would like action. Because an action, an apology without action ain't really an apology mm-hmm. at all. So I don't even need you to say I'm sorry. More so because to you know the point that we made earlier, the people who are living right now, though, they're those were their, their ancestors, ancestors who made those choices and decisions. And so at the end of the day... You, I can't, I wouldn't make you apologize for something your great grandmother did to me. But I'm going to have a conversation with you about how the things that your great grandmother did affected my livelihood four generations later. To this day. I think it's a, it's a acknowledgement and a turn. Like, yeah. it's an acknowledgement and a turn. Like, you just, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So, I'm I mean, like, I, but no, people, I don't need a vocal apology. people apologize all day and don't do nothing afterwards. So, right. but that's not really an apology then. Yeah. Because yeah. when you really, they say it is though. They be like, I'm really? Sorry. I'm sorry. Some, there's some people who have that mindset. Well, like, I apologize. Yeah. I like, they, sorry. they think that, oh, well, y'all got free. That's enough. Mm. So, <laughs> From 106 and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> where is she? Yes. I don't know. Yo, where is free? <laughs> oh my God. Where are they now? Oh boy. Okay. But yes. But no, nah, I'm not I'm not looking for an apology. I'm looking for changed behavior. Change and I mean I, and you can't even call it changed behavior because these people may have not done anything. Oh no, I'm talking about the ones that have. Oh, I mean the ones that have well, you know we do want some change. We need some change. I think it's what Ayana said on our first episode. What we need is the renewing of your mind. That's literally what I when y'all yeah. were like, it's a change. Yeah. I'm like, that's renew yeah. your mind. You just you need repent, to renew your mind. Yeah. Your repent isn't Lord, I confess. Yeah. It's literally Lord, this is wrong. Your mm-hmm. way is right. I understand why yours right your way is right. Now behavior will mm-hmm. line up with your word. It ain't right. just I did this wrong. And right now we putting it in people's face enough to where it's like, Oh, you just gonna keep getting hit with these images mm-hmm. over and over and over so that you can't say that 
like this is not happening what's going on because at the end of the day the discussion when a black man is killed by somebody i'll just you know of of recent events killed on by the hands of police it can't be when the the question of the question of um well what did he do that has Mm -hmm. to stop or they didn't comply but yeah they did comply like so when that stops like that shows me that okay you're you're sort of understanding something like Mm -hmm. like why is that always the backup like what did he we don't know the story we don't know the whole story you see the video (laughs) we still don't know the full story well, I heard that was photoshopped, or that was a different angle. I don't know. He's not on his neck. Or my favorite one is, well, they kill each other anyway, so, I mean. Y'all kill each other, too, but they don't yeah. justify anything. I know. I know. I know. That's right. <laughs> I was like, what? Y'all, for, if anything, you want to listen, look at statistics, y'all kill each other more than we kill each other. So I mean, because it's more than them. There is a higher percentage. Yeah. So, I mean, and I hate that. even saying it's more than them. Okay, we're gonna wrap this we up. Wrap yeah, this yeah. up. <laughs> Cause like I said, it's so we're many ways. Me and Lauren like, Grammy music. Yeah. <laughs> Alright guys. Um <laughs> Thank you guys so much for that was a um, Simpson song. Oh it was. <laughs> it was. Thank Shout you guys so much for tuning in, yes. for listening, for having the conversations with us in our DMs and our comments, having the conversations with your friends, allowing this podcast to be like that, that light, you know? So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, please hit us up at savegirlsecrets at gmail.com. If you would like to discuss, if you want us to discuss a certain aspect, especially with what's going on today, if you want to share your perspective, we can read it on air. We can talk about it on air. Please DM us. Uh, please email us, savegirlsecrets at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at savegirlsecrets and follow us on all social media platforms at savegirlsecrets. Um, also, share this podcast with your friends. Share. Uh, you can look back at the different podcasts. We have so many different topics that you guys have been blessed by and you know, even us being blessed by it as well, being able to open, be open and have conversation um, that's all I got, ladies. Y'all got anything else before we go? I think that's it. We appreciate I, I, you tuning in. I mean this in all sincerity. Love and peace. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, so- I'm so serious. Especially in this time. Yeah. Show love, you guys, and exhibit peace. Okay? Yeah. And good God bless you. Yeah. Tons of virtual hugs. And fill yourself up. Don't be filling yourself up constantly with negative stuff. Yeah, and it's okay to tap out of us. Yeah. Okay. It's ideal. Just don't tap out of us. (laughs) Tune in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Get your word. Read your Bible. (laughs) Amen. All right, love y'all. Bye.